Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, April 1st, 2016. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We will begin our reading on page 49. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Marita S., the 12 Traditions, Martha D., and our text readers are Katie G., Deb W., and Jane B., and our newcomer greeter today is Marie V. And the reference number for yesterday, Thursday, the 31st day of March 2016, is 8619. 8619. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Marita S. to read the 12 steps for us, please. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. This is Marita S. from Virginia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Marita S. And I will now ask Martha D. if she could read the 12 traditions for us, please. 
Thank you. This is Martha D., a recovering compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Martha D. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing. And now you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 49 in the chapter We Agnostics, the last paragraph. And I will ask Katie G. to begin reading for us, please. Good morning, Monica T. This is Katie. Can you hear me? I sure can. Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. Katie G. Recovered Anorexic Compulsive Reader and Bulimic in Boston for today. We who have traveled this dubious path beg of you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, 
those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have thought ourselves. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance, While we were intolerant ourselves, we missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Good morning, everyone. I'm recovered for today, KDG. A little bit nervous, um, but I know God will speak through me. Um, When I read this this morning, what came up for me is before I did the steps the first time, um, I was so angry and deep down operated from this core belief, this life of hating myself so much because um, I couldn't do anything. And the harder I tried, the worse it got. And at my core, I hated myself because I was eating all the time, and then I was eating all the time and hated myself. And so I operated from this place of when I hate myself, when I'm not good enough, I'm going to reject you first. I'm going to condemn you first. I'm going to miss a beautiful forest, right, because there is a group of you that are screwing up and messing around and I'm not going to be part of you, and I'm done. I used to walk around in college and say, you know, I hate people. And my friends would look at me and say, oh, I'd say, oh, you don't count. You know, and um, I was not intolerant means not willing to allow or accept something. And in my mind, I was the great Katie G. And if you were falling short, if you were doing anything, I was incapable of seeing how I am like you. And that is the profound spiritual shift that has happened for me. And the reason I know it's referencing a profound spiritual shift is because it says we miss the reality. And throughout the book, and some of my favorite big book references, people can find it for me. Throughout the book, reality, the great reality is another word we use for God. When I do my turnaround, when I, when I look at what the big picture of what is going on, I'm brought back into the present moment. God is truth and God is present, right? Um, and so I, I couldn't be part of the spiritual side of life because I was so blocked by my anger. And today, there are major profound shifts that have happened in my life. Like, thank you, God, I have the privilege of not hurting myself with food and being entirely abstinent and knowing what that means. And because of that solid foundation, I don't 
operate hating myself each and every day. But that's the first part. The second part of not hating myself each and every day is I don't have a ticker tape parade in my head telling me how much I stink, which then leads me to tell you how much you stink, which then leads me to have absolutely no friends, no family, alienating the world. And today, do I mess up? Yeah, uh-huh. Ask my fiance, ask my family, ask my sponsor, ask my sponsees. But what's different is I pause today and I can see how even the person that I think is the stickest of the stick in the whole world, I can tell you how they are like me and how I do things that they do. And if I can see that, you guys, I'll just finish with that. If I can see that, then I am with God because I am like, there's no pedestal. I'm not under anyone. I'm not over anyone. I'm just with you guys. I'm just another compulsive overeater, bozo on the bus, whatever you want to call it, doing the best I can, getting right with God's kids. And I just want to close by saying like, that is such a privilege. And the only way I maintain that privilege is through abstinence and the steps. And with that, I pass things on. Thank you, Katie G. Now, we are going to be taking the first paragraph was with context only and comments on paragraph number two here, which is the first one on page 50. And with that, who would like to share this morning? Nancy R. This is Bella. Can I share? All right. I heard Nancy R. I heard Bella. And I heard somebody in between Nancy and Bella. Tina I thought that was Tina S. And Larry Anybody else? Okay, we'll start with this. Nancy R., Tina S., Bella G., Larry K. Yes, Yes, thank you so much. Good morning. I am Nancy R. I'm a grateful recover compulsive overeater. And I'm also uh, very grateful um, that this program has enabled me to have a a kind of faith that I always uh, long for. As a kid, I uh, had the fortune of being raised by an elderly grandmother from the South who really was probably one and a half generations removed from slavery. And uh, she was truly a woman of faith. I didn't realize that some of the things that uh, she said I found quite annoying. And uh, she had a faith uh, in God, because he, he had brought her through such hard times, such difficult. So she had had a very difficult life, but she just had such a strong faith, and uh, she shared that faith with with me as a child. And uh, I, you know, I, I was very cynical about it. Um, and as I, you know, as I grew up and became uh, educated, I. Uh, I was able to be very critical of the faith and the people that I uh, knew in, in, you know, in organized religion. But, you know, this program has helped me to recognize and appreciate the, uh, what their faith enabled them to endure. And I have so much respect for them, particularly my grandmother, because she really... And, you know, in spite of her uh, limitations, she knew what life 
was really all about. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I went through, uh, you know, like fighting windmills, not really understanding until this disease brought me to my knees. And today I really uh, understand and appreciate uh, those tenets that I was taught and the faith that I never would have gotten. I never would have gotten if I hadn't um, been knocked to my knees and been forced to uh, worship, I mean, to find a, a, a relationship with God that could relieve me. Initially, it was just to relieve me of my disease, but today I walk in harmony with the higher power, and I'm learning. I don't know it all, but I'm learning the true meaning of life today. You know, I'm not chasing whatever it was that I was chasing, that elusive habit, that elusive nirvana that would make everything all right. This program is teaching me to live one day at a time and to appreciate all of the good things that my higher power has presented for me. Never would have been able to do this on my own. Never. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Tina S., you're up, and then it'll be Bella. Thanks, Monica, uh, for your service. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Well, I've heard great shares already this morning, and um, well, what a fabulous thing. I could really relate. You know, I... um, I too, you know, was was raised in a religion, and um, you know, one of the things that I knew early on was somehow, some way, there was something wrong with me because I couldn't follow the dictates of that religion like other people did. So therefore, I was lacking somehow. And you know, and I like what it talks about. It says, you know, uh, we use their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. So let me just criticize them, you know, for their shortcomings. And um, that makes me better than, you know, and, and therefore I always talked about people in religion, you know, they just talk the talk. I didn't see many of them walk the walk. And, and you know, I also like what I just heard share too. I know my grandmother was one that did. And I thought, well, you know, if I had to do all that stuff, you know, maybe I'd be better off not believing in a God. And and I also missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because I was diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. And most of that was within me, you know. And today I liked also what was shared, you know, the great reality deep down inside every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And, and that's what that is. And I, when I heard that this morning, I thought, wow, you know, I never really looked at it that way, but it's so true. You know, I missed the reality. And, and, you know, today I have an opportunity one day at a time, you know, to get better, me get better, not it get better. And, you know, that's what I try to practice. And, and with the God in my life uh, and doing the deal, uh, I, have a, I have a shot. So that I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Bella G., you're up, and then it'll be Larry. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G., and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. We miss the reality and the beauty of the forest. Yes. I was there. Before the program, I missed the reality. My reality was the way I was believing. And I believe that I am the great, the greatest person in the whole entire world. And I am the smartest, and I am the beauty, and I am the honest. But only because of you, 
I cannot be a successful person only because of you. And I didn't want to be part of you. So I wanted, I, I, my life was in isolation because I believe that I cannot be a part of such people that are making only that I causing jealousy and, and disappointments in life. But you know, because I am, you know, I have the character defect of people pleasing. I couldn't stay only in blaming others. So either way, I shift my, the blame and the judge to myself. And then when I said, yes, only because of me, because I didn't do, because I didn't accept, and because I didn't want to do what others uh, wanted me to do. So I was hating and judging myself. So again, I was isolated because I didn't want everybody, the whole entire world, should see how bad person I am. And I couldn't because, you know, because I hated myself, because really I didn't see the beauty of myself. I didn't accept myself. I couldn't accept others. My life was miserable. I was jealous and angry and upset. Most of the time. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. And today, by studying the steps and by living the steps, yes, today I am connected to a higher power that I call him God. And this power, you know, I am not in competition. Yes, I know that my beauty is by not being perfect. Today, I am not, my goal is not to be perfect. Today, I am not judging and blaming, not me and not others. You know, it's one day at a time. Today, I can see the beauty of my reality. Today, I am not running, not to the past and not to the future. Today, thank you, God, I learned to live the present because the present... My life is a present for me. Today, thank you, God, I live in freedom only by being connected to an accepting power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Larry Kay, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Thanks for your service. Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive overeater. You know, it's funny, when I, <clears throat> when I was new um, in program, I, I didn't want to hear about things like intolerance and a higher power and all this. I, I just wanted your food plan. <laughs> if you're thin, I want your food plan, you know. It's so amazing how, how uh, these steps change us. But what popped off the page for me was um, intolerance, the word intolerance. We've heard a little bit about it. You know, this design for living, these steps have helped me uh, to define myself by what I love today rather than what I hate you know, because when I'm focused on what I love, you know, my energy shifts and I'm, I'm in alignment with my higher power. And, you know, intolerance of difference, judgment of others um, had been one of the biggest barriers I, I faced in tapping into a power greater than myself. Because as long as I am predominantly focusing on what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with you, I mean, I can find it. You know, if we seek, we'll, we'll find, right? And I look for it, man. 
Um, it, you know, the further away, though, I, I move from a God-centered consciousness of tolerance, acceptance, kindness, and love. You know, when, when intolerance of difference becomes my norm, I'm not closer to the God of my understanding. I'm further separated from, from that power. You know, will I, will I feel incongruent? Sure. Will I, will I feel disconnected, uh, closer to disease thinking? Absolutely, when I'm that way. You know, collective fear and distrust stimulates the herd instinct, and, and this produces division from, from those that are, are not seen as members of the herd. And, and that's why on this line, Hopefully, we hear a different message, a message of empathy and understanding. It's also a message of hope. You know, Bella reminds me of that. It's a message of hope, you know, and she's right. I'm reminded of tradition one. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. So wrapping up today, I'm going to keep it simple. What is it that I love, not what I hate? With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And who else would like to comment on this first paragraph on page 50? Leah S. Leia. Melissa C. Melissa. Nessa P. Nessa R. Nessa R. Wait a minute. <laughs> Reva P., I think. Sarah yes. W. <coughs> okay. Let's go with that. We got. I got Leah S., Melissa C. <coughs> Leah, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Monica, and thank you, everyone. Um, we never gave, uh, my name is Leah S., and I'm recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. Um, we, gave, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And these words um, are so true to me, and I identify so much. When I first uh, started becoming abstinent and um, I started uh, feeling very um, excited and, and um, happy to be doing this program, um, I was very vulnerable. And I was at a meeting and a woman that I don't know came up to me and said to me, do you want to share gratitudes with me? And I said to her, I have no idea what you're talking about because this is, I don't know what you're saying. And I was getting ready to leave. And she says, no, 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 no. Let's call each other and let's do gratitudes. Let's write down like five things that we are grateful for and, and, and let's share it. And I said, no, 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 no. I have nothing to be grateful for. And I, I, I was like feeling kind of, Sari, what are you coming to me? What are you doing to me? And she says, it's okay. We don't have to comment. We just have to give our gratitudes. I said, you know what? You do this because I have nothing to be grateful for. So we exchanged phone numbers, and I agreed that for seven minutes I would be on the phone, and I would give my gratitudes, and she would give her gratitudes. That is the beginning. I never gave the spiritual side of the life a fair hearing. Um, This woman called me and told me that she was grateful that she saw um, that her husband did not come home that night. And I said to myself, what is going on over here? Anyway, this woman became from the negative to the positive. She was abstinent 
and she was able to see all flaws in her life. She saw everything that was going on, and she thanked her higher power because she was able to 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 finally connect and to really see what is the situation and how do I have to um, deal with this situation. And she said she would never have been able to see that had she not been abstinent, had she not really, really wanted. And that started me on the bender. I really started understanding, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is what is the program. What well, this is exactly what is going to get me out of this, and with whatever I am dealing with. And thank you, thank you, I'll pass. Thank you, Leah. Melissa C, you're up, and then it'll be Netza R. Hi, good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C, a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and you know I'm thinking, <laughs> how lucky am I that um, I have this you know, crazy disease that my weight got so out of control that um, here I am, you know, getting to contemplate, you know, on a morning on my way to work, the spiritual side of life. And, you know, and it's just, it's making me smile today because, um, you know, that's exactly like the upside down kind of thinking I, I need to have on my life. You know, I could... I, there's like a blessing in what seemed like the worst thing in the world. And that's, you know, that's how my perspective was with other people, with their spirituality, with religion. Um, I have a really good critical eye for other people. <laughs> you know, I can see lots of flaws and faults in other people. Um, and that was a really great excuse to throw out whatever it was that they, you know, whatever their background was, whatever their faith was, I, you know, for a long time, um, you know, I would carry on about how judgmental these religious people were in my life. And, and that, you know, and meanwhile, I'm judging them. You know, I'm, um, like, I'm making these great assumptions about what's in their heart, you know. How little did I really know? You know, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. And, you know, and so if I'm going to look at life with that really super critical eye, um, I'm, I'm like living in my lowest weakness. That is, you know, that is just the core, the ugliest parts of me when I can see everyone else's flaws. And then I'm separate. Then I'm alone. And then I don't have to reach out. Um, you know, but this program has actually switched it all around. I look at things not with my eyes, but with an open heart. And, um, you know, as a gift from that, it's unbelievable. And so I don't need to judge anybody in their faith. I just I just need to love everybody. You know, I need to have that beautiful open mind so that um, that I can, you know, connect with my higher power today. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Nessa R., you're up, and then it'll be Reva P. Hi, good morning. Um, this is for you. My name is Nessa R., and I'm recovered in Toronto, Canada. The, uh, the sentence um, that also resonated with me this morning is, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Um, because when I um, first read this, I couldn't really relate to it. Um, I have always believed in God, in what I thought was a strong belief. And since coming into program, 
um, over 13 years ago, I've even become a lot more observant of my religion's uh, religious practices. And so I thought this doesn't apply to me. But now I know, I understand that this is a book of instructions for addicts. And therefore, everything that's in there pertains to me as well. You know, even if at first glance it appears that, you know, it's, it's not applicable, but it is. You know, and the truth is that, you know, my form of quote-unquote spirituality wasn't really working for me. And I think it was actually working to my detriment. Because my form of spirituality was, you know, telling God what to do, um, questioning God, asking God for my reward, you know, and I, I, I just, I couldn't get past the fact that, you know, the Holocaust happened, child abuse happened, wars happened, you know, <clears throat> and now I know that, you know, if I could understand God's ways, I would be God, and therefore, you know, God is not big enough to, to help me with my problems. You know, I, I also thought, you know, I, I've been praying to God for years and years and years, and what has he done for me? I mean, this is kind of uh, reminiscent of, of uh, I think it's Bill's story, where he says, you know, if there's a God, what has he done for me lately? Um, you know, but now I know that, you know, God listens to all our prayers. He's just that like a good parent, uh, because that's what he is. Sometimes the answer is no. No, because this is not good Um not good for you. Uh, I may be too limited to understand that, but um, I have to accept it. I don't have to understand God's ways, and I don't have to get everything I want to believe that God truly is in my life and and watching out for me. Um, You know, this is a more mature, more real form of spirituality, and now that I am more grounded in that, I am giving the spiritual side of life of your hearing. The spiritual side of uh, of life means understanding that I I am God's servant, not the other way around. And it's my job to do God's will and not the other way around, that I am here to help others and not for others to help me. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Reva P., you're up, and then it'll be Sarah W. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. What spoke to me this morning is the reference to intolerance and condemning everybody else. Um, And before I came into this program, I was a very angry person. Um, I was the tornado roaring through everybody else's life. Um, And I have a very good eye so that I can figure out exactly what's wrong with all of you. Um, And I spent my life doing that, and I spent my life blaming everybody else because if only people, places, things would be as I wanted, then I could relax and life would be great. Um, And that was just part of the insane control. I was controlling my food, and I was trying to control everybody else. And I ate because I was angry with people. And that's how I was insanely punishing other people, by eating at them. Um, And my reality was um, negative, doomed, um, and life was hard and a struggle. Um, And that was my reality. That was my life. 
Um, and it reminds me of this disease of perception. Um, so the benefit I have learned, my, my first inventory was a list of everybody I was really angry with. And it was a revelation to me that I had a part in any of this stuff. And what I've learned, especially through step six and seven, um, you know, there is a benefit in blaming everybody else, being intolerant and critical, because I never have to look at me. I never have to take responsibility to change me. Um, And the beauty of this program is, um, and I also wanted to mention, I missed, I missed life. I missed the beauty, the love, the happy, joyous, and free. I did not have happy, joyous, and free. That was not the terms I would use to describe my life before this program at all. But by just doing one little step after another, you know, the hope of this is we're just at step two, because for me, step one is I'm doomed. And step two is the hope of maybe not, maybe there's another way, maybe there's another version of a power greater than myself, maybe there's another way to do it, maybe there's another way to see things, maybe there's a whole different reality, um, and it's just opening the crack a little bit in step two, but by doing the rest of the steps, my reality has changed. It's like I have a new set of glasses, like, oh, I've see it totally different so it's not that i need to restrain the anger it's not that i need to make myself tolerant i don't even need to be angry and i don't make and control those changes they happen as a result of working through all those steps especially four to nine um and then it's just like poof it just it just happens and my reality is different. Um, It's no longer ugly, but it's beautiful, which I could have never, ever done um, myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Sarah W., you're up. And then next, Deb W. will will read the next paragraph. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much for your service today. It's good to hear you on the line. My name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Well, I guess the thought I have is that, you know, I aspire to being intolerant, but I'm human. And um, I really have to look at this and how I look at all OA meetings. I have to look at it as far as how people conduct themselves, even if they're unkind. Um, And that doesn't mean that I become um, uh, released from the idea of intolerance the rest of my life. And I was thinking to myself, um, I had a woman in one of my other uh, fellowship meetings that I go to that was always very cold and aloof, and and, um, I would go over to try to hug her, and she would turn away. Um, And she had a lot of uh, time in the program, and I started feeling really uncomfortable and hurt. And the way I see uh, my intolerance, it really uh, stems from my... um, my feelings of my own inadequacies. And so um, I started to discuss this with my sponsor, and my sponsor asked me to start to look for uh, the most positive uh, parts of her that I could see, whether it be her smile, the way her hair looked, instead of focusing on the negative, um, you know, maybe the scowl that she had at times. And it really helped me to just really turn that whole way of thinking around 
you know, I can think of the sick man's prayer and, you know, in these times of political unrest and craziness, you know, how can I see goodness, uh, you know, the goodness in life? So I guess for me today, um, you know, to keep myself open to the fact that I don't reach this point of perfection in humanity. I never will, but I can aspire to, and I have to take ownership when I feel these things or think these things. I can't pretend they don't exist, but how can I turn it around with my higher power's help? And remember that we're all, we're all walking a path, and I don't know what somebody else's path is supposed to be, and I can't judge it. Who am I to I always think, but by the grace of God, there go I. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Sarah W. And Deb W., could you read for us, please? Good morning, Monica. This is Deb W., a recovered compulsive eater from Tulsa, Oklahoma. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these matters about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. They are questions for each individual to settle for himself. And so when the word uh, approach, I looked up those two words, approach, and that is, there's some interference in the background. so if you're not muted, please mute. But anyway, uh, approach means the distance from, you know, so the the nearness to, okay? So the distance from and the nearness to this higher power. And conception is the idea, the idea of the higher power. It gave an example of a person who thought about a tree, And in their mind, there were four different versions of that tree. And that tree had different colors, you know. So how we see it and our nearness to it is what the steps help us to do, okay? Um, Whether we agree with another person's uh, beliefs or ideas is not necessary. The steps start us at a place, and like a speaker said earlier, by the time we get through the steps, we have our own idea, whether it's an idea of the group as a higher power, whether it's an idea of God, whether it's an idea of a divine director. It's just not that it's us. It is not us trying to do these things any longer that that we never could do. The the higher power is a spiritual healing. It's on a spiritual level. So we have to get out of our own abilities to fix this issue and be willing to um, believe in a, a, a power greater than us to fix this issue. It reminds me of the the simpleness of these steps reminds me of when I first came to OA. I had no idea what this program was about, but I did know how to set to make the coffee and I did know how to set the chairs up in a circle. And I did want 
what it had to offer. And I did look at the group and the pictures that we used to pass around, and I saw the difference in the person that had the weight on and the person that didn't have the weight on. From that, I believed that it was possible. And by the time I got to step two, the, even though I've always believed in God, by the time I got to the end of the steps, my idea of this higher power changed totally, and it became a personal relationship. So, you know, the only thing we have to do is to be willing to set aside our own ideas and come through these steps, and that's all I have to say. Thanks. Thank you, Deb W., and who would like to share on this paragraph? Rachel W. Rachel. Paula D. Paula. Paula um, wait a minute. I heard Rachel, Paula. Those two other people, I didn't catch your names. Irini. Irini. Maureen. Amy. 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 Someone else. Well, we're getting short on time. So let's go with this to start with. Rachel W. Paula D. Irini and Amy. Rachel, go ahead. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Reader, calling from New York. And the message that's coming out at me in this paragraph is that this is a personal program, that every individual has to walk his or her own path. And um, I have to keep that in mind because very often I'll look at someone else and think that um, I should be doing what they're doing in a way that um, I should be like them, you know, fully. And, um, and really what this program is, is asking of us is, is in, as, as I said in this paragraph, is that each individual has to come to his, his or her own understanding of that higher power. And I'm thinking about when I first came into OA, um, all I wanted to know was your food plan. You know, if you were thin and you look great and, and you were doing the right stuff and, you know, seemed to be a nice person, you know, all I wanted was to know how you were eating. And and now it's all about, you know, you know, tell me, you know, how did you find your higher power? You know, how did you find this higher power? I mean, coming from, how did you survive? How did you survive the devastation of that disease that propelled me into, um, you know, weighing 265 pounds and living such a self-willed, existence you know how does how do we go from that to having a higher power and I realized that um, you know I had a higher power that was food but I realized that you know the first step of, of finding the higher power for myself was discovering there was a pause between my decision you know to eat the food or not you know that I had to I could actually sit with that and think you know what what am I going to do is this going to be something that will lead me in the direction of my higher power or back into my disease and so nowadays you know I hear people on the line sharing it's so inspiring for me it's so I get so much out of someone who's in a in a relapse, let's say, but they just don't give up, you know, and the people who are still here after many years that are absent for a long time, I mean, no matter who it is, but that, that perseverance of never giving up, I, I just, you know, it really does inspire me. And, um, and the idea is that, you know, for me that uh, I, I look out and I see um, that the, you know, the main thing that we, I get from, from, that we give each other, you know, during the day and when I'm, you know, calling people to 10 step is tell me, you know, how, how can I find my higher power in this? And very often that's the only question I need is where is God in all of this? You know, how, ha- how have I brought God 
into this decision. It has nothing to do with calories or fats or grams or anything like that. Um, you know, even though I do have a food plan, but that's not the focus today. For me, the focus today is I want to know how you found your higher power, what this experience is like for you as an individual so that I can, I can learn from that and, and I can grow from, from your process as well as mine. So thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Rachel W. Paula D., you're up, and then that'll be Uzini. And thank you, Monica. First, I want to begin with gratitude. Thank you for your service today. And thank God it's Friday, but I say that every day. And my name is Paula D., and currently I am in Florida, and I am recovered. And I would like to come to this here. You know, there's another line in the big book, and when I read this, it seems to make it come alive. Scales of pride and prejudice fell from my eyes. And as here we say, in our personal stories, be personal. As personal as my story is to me, the way I came about, the way God finally made himself known in my life. You know, it's personal to you, the timing. But I will tell you, here we can come together in the sameness. I did the steps. For me, it was the steps that brought me to the place. And I thought it brought me up. But see, first it brought me down, that I could finally look up. And it goes here, conceives of the power which is greater than themselves. There's the pride. Greater than myself? Greater than others? And it says here, and I just love this, whether we agree, we don't have to. We agree we're human. And I'll tell you one thing I agree, there is this, this higher power is within every one of us. I don't know when it's going to make itself known, but I do know it is there. That's how I treat everyone. Experience has taught us that these matters about which, for our purpose, what's your purpose? To be there for the fellow sufferer? To judge them? Oh, I don't think so. We need not be worried. Whoa, can you imagine a life without worrying? Then you really live in life. They are questioned for each individual. They're the question. You know, at one time there used to be this, and I'm, I'm going to close out on this. There used to be this um, um, dots. They were all dots, and they were a picture. But I'll tell you, Don, if you could find the picture, I'd look in there, and everyone would go by, and they'd say, can't you see the three sailing boats? And I'd look. I couldn't see the three sailing boats. I saw a mass of dots. And, honey, I would go so close because I said, if I get closer, then I'll see them. No. And then I would draw myself so far away. No. And then I would pretend, and then I would pretend, and then one day, I don't know what happened, I finally stopped, and I looked, and I saw. I can't tell the time for anyone else, but I tell you, the three boats were always there. Thank you for allowing me to share, and with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Irini, you're up, and then it'll be Amy. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Hmm. My personal story, well, my personal story was I was disconnected. Period. I was isolated. Period. I was separated. And I had no one but me to rely on. What a disaster. It never worked. And then I realized that we all have choices. 
I had a choice to either trust in my limitations or in God being unlimited. So as I started to work the steps, I was realizing that it took more effort to maintain in not believing, in not trusting, in not relying on God. So when I stopped fighting, when I stopped resisting, there was nothing to persist but just to receive the truth, and that is to live in reality. And what is that? And it's such a miracle how it happened. I got connected. Wow. I got plugged in. I was brought together in this beautiful relationship with God. I was detached from self and then attached to God. I was brought out of my darkness and into the light. Now, I'm grounded in the light of the Spirit and rooted in divine, perfect love. Wow. My spiritual life came alive when I was brought out of my delusions, out of my stories, over and over again. And now I'm living in the present side by side, in reality. There are no stories. Those stories are the truth of reality. This is where God has given me my spiritual eyes. And it's such a gift. It was given to me because I was willing, because I was hungry for such a deep satisfaction. I needed to satisfy a deep hunger because I was so thirsty for something deep, really deep, to satisfy and fill me. The food never worked, but this certainly does. My purpose, what was my purpose? My purpose was to change. I had to change so I can become a channel for God to work in me and through me and make a difference for others through the grace of God. What a beautiful gift. What an honor. I had Time. Thank you, my pass. Thank you, Irini. And Amy, we've got uh, about a minute and a half. It's yours. Hi, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Let me set my timer. One minute, 30 seconds, and we go. Um, Amy H., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. I love the synchronicity in life. I was reading, um, starting to read Alcoholics Anonymous Comes of Age and flipping around it last night. And uh, Bill W. and the other AAs, the early AAs, they were meeting with the Oxford groupers until 1937. Um, So they were meeting with non-alcoholics to talk about the spiritual path of absolute purity, absolute honesty, absolute unselfishness, and absolute love. But they split gently and lovingly from the Oxford group um, as a result of some of the principles that we're reading here about your own conception of a higher power. Uh, The evangelization of the Oxford group, they realized, was not going to work on alcoholics. And they also didn't want to be associated with the four absolutes because they didn't want AA to be intimately tied using those exact phrases that way. 
with Oxford groupers. So they really had to find a different way to talk about those concepts and to really focus their work on alcoholics and not saving the whole world. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that acknowledgement and that wisdom because it allows people like me, it allows all of us, whatever creed or belief system, to all join together uh, on this ship of recovery together. Uh, the great fact, and this will be in the next paragraph, the great fact is we've all found a power greater than ourselves, no matter what it looks like or what we call it. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Amy H. And with that, we've come to the end of our time here this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following following closing. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Jane B., would you read for us, please, from A Vision for You, page 164. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Our, this is Jane B., a recovered compulsive reader from Minnesota. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We, require, we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.